0: So let's bring on our guest, Reed Wallach from Bet Sided, joins us. Reed, I'll ask that question to you right up the top. I don't know if you had Charlotte or if you had Atlanta, but if you had Atlanta minus five and a half, are you sprinkling anything in-game now that it's up to what now? They're up by 26?
1: Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks for having me on, as always. Um, yeah, I, I'm i sitting here with Charlotte, and this team is uh, starting to look for flights to Cancun. So <laughs> I, I think you, you sit, sit with your Atlanta ticket, I don't think – you can just tell body language. I, I don't think Charlotte's making any sort of push in this game. So I think you – I'm typically not like a hedging, middling guy. I like to, if I have a good bet, just kind of sit, not get greedy, sit with my bet. So that's how I would look at it. But, it, you know, I, I, I can't fault anyone for trying, you know, to go for a middle or anything, especially when a game is, like, so out of sorts at this point.
2: Reed, assuming that the Hawks hang on and win, I know you're a Nets fan. You watched, I'm sure, every dribble of that Cavs-Nets game last night – what do you make of that Cavs Hawks game? Uh, just initial reaction when they play for a chance to uh, play Miami in the first round.
1: Yeah, I was at the game last night. I know score may have gotten a little close, but I I never felt in doubt on the Nets. This Cleveland team, I, I think you got to wait for Jared Allen. It, his status, of course, I don't. I can't really get a read on him because I've seen videos of him warming up pregame, and I oh, it's a fractured finger. I don't really know. Maybe they were saving him for. You know, the second game, they didn't think they really had a chance against Brooklyn. I I haven't really dove into that matchup. I was going to wait until tomorrow to really look into it. Initial gut feel, though, is that Atlanta's experience is kind of going to be a little overwhelming here. Darius Garland is a hell of a basketball player and he's going to be a superstar one day. But it really feels like this Atlanta team, while they may have not the ceiling of last year's team, it's still a lot of the same pieces. It's still Trey Young. I do kind of trust them out there, and it's kind of why I'm kicking myself. For taking Charlotte with the points tonight, it does feel like even on the road that there's kind of a perfect storm for Atlanta to kind of just roll over Cleveland. I mean, I saw Darius Garland was crying after the game last night against the Nets. Like, dude, you have you have another game. Why are you, it's not over yet? You know, like yeah, I get you know you played really hard and you want to win and all that, but like you got another game. You can't be crying yet. It, you know, you still got another one. So I don't know. I feel like Cleveland just is a perfect. It just feels like they're kind of running out of gas real quick here.
0: Reed, let's let's talk about that. It's funny because we were talking Charlotte-Atlanta, obviously, before the game started, and I kept going back to all these reasons on why Charlotte should stay in and maybe steal this game tonight, but then I would always go back to, in spite of all that, I'm taking Atlanta. In spite of all that, I'm taking Atlanta because Charlotte, very, very good transition team, one of the best, very, very good passing team, and Atlanta doesn't play a lot of pressure defense to turn you over. Very, very good three-point shooting team. And yet, here they are, down by twenty. What happened to them tonight?
1: I, I think that this is, uh, as someone who watched the Hornets beat uh, their favorite team, the Nets, this Charlotte team is—they're all based around you know shot variance. They they run really hot and cold from three, like you said, they run in transition. And Ultimately, you know, it's a one-game playoff, and that's why you know these nine ten matchups are really murky because you could just go cold from three one night. You know, they shot them; they couldn't really figure themselves out on offense early in the game. They couldn't get their transition defense together. They couldn't outlast the DeAndre Hunter third quarter, and then it kind of was a house of cards. It all kind of collapsed on them. So, Charlotte, a team with a lot of high variance outcomes. They could either win big, they could lose big, and it was just not their night tonight. And, you know, now, like I said, they're looking forward to their uh, summer vacation.
2: Now, Reed, you're a Nets fan, as I mentioned, going back to that Cavs game last night. You, We know you got KD and you got Kyrie, but... While they're waiting for Ben Simmons, and we'll see what happens with him throughout the playoffs, it seems like the Nets are still searching for that third guy. They're not sure if it's Patty Mills, or maybe it'll be Dragic off the bench. Kessler Kessler Edwards got some shots last night that he wasn't able to hit. If, If going forward, Simmons doesn't play against Boston or into the playoffs, who's kind of the third guy that you think the Nets could look to outside of KD and Kyrie?
1: Yeah, I ultimately I, I really do think it's just going to be them two. And <laughs> Seth Curry, Seth Curry, he's battling an ankle injury. I he had he he didn't score last night. I'm pretty sure, but I do think that's going to be by committee putting this together. Whether it is Bruce Brown who has really emerged as not only a like a small ball four, but now he's shooting you know north of forty eight percent from three since Kevin Durant returned from his knee injury. You know, he almost looks like a prime Iguodala type out there, kind of spreading the floor. You know, he's attacking those double teams when they're doubling Durant and Kyrie, playing, you know, four-on-three out there. So I think Bruce Brown is a guy to watch. I do think Ben Simmons is going to play in this series. I personally have low expectations for what we're going to get out of him. I think that, you know, 15, 20 minutes here and there, really just in for defense. I Again, low expectations, but this Nets team could use any sort of boost they could get. And I think Simmons on the defensive end especially could really be a big boost for the Nets, and again, I think that the Nets, looking at this series against Boston, I think they're matched up pretty well with them. I think they actually have a bit of advantages. If Robert Williams is going to be out for a majority of this series, Boston's front court is really, really going to be hunted down here by Durant, by Kyrie in the pick and roll, and if they're going to jump out and hard hedge, Bruce Brown's going to attack those four on threes. He did it all uh, last night in the playing game, and now if he's facing the floor, I think that Boston with Tyson Horford. They might be a little out man in the front court. So I, I think that the Nets, without Robert Williams especially, they can handle Boston in the first round.
0: Talking here with Reed Wallach of BetSided as we break down some of the NBA playoffs. Reed, let's stay with that Nets-Celtics series. And maybe not necessarily analyzing the numbers for this, but – You look at the way both these teams were put together, and it's interesting to hear NBA people talk about how, oh, Boston, they did it the right way. They did it through the draft. They kept their own guys. They did all this stuff. And Brooklyn's kind of that team that went out, oh, they went and got KD. Oh, they went and got Kyrie. They went and got all these guys hardened and brought them in. It's kind of a contrast in styles. I don't know if that makes a series better or not, but it does make it interesting as far as the people that are talking their way through it on whether – which way is the better way to build a team?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if we're talking about the series, these two teams are very, very intertwined. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they both came from those Nets picks that were traded for right. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett years ago. So, um, Ime Odoka, the coach of the Boston Celtics, came from the Nets. He was an assistant coach last year. So, there's a lot of familiar, familiarity between these two teams. And again, I, I wrote an article about this over at BetSide uh, a few weeks ago that net rating and you know dominance in the regular season is not truly an indicator of postseason success. I believe you know two or three in the last 15 years have actually led the league in net rating and gone on to win a championship. And the, the Celtics, I know I kind of filter it, but the Celtics are clearly a different team since the turn of the calendar to 2022. I think we all know their record. We all know how good they've been. But that doesn't mean you're all of a sudden – a dominant uh, postseason team. What wins in the postseason is your ability to attack mismatches and to have um, isolation shot makers. And the Nets have two of the best in the entire league, in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I know Jason Tatum has been an all-NBA player, but that being said, again, I think this Nets roster is actually better suited to handle Boston, and that's, not, that's without Ben Simmons. You know, This Nets team could size down and go with Nick Claxton at the five, go with Kevin Durant at the five, And they can attack Al Horford and Daniel Tice until Robert Williams comes back. So I think the Celtics are rightful favorites in the series, but I still give the edge to Brooklyn. I think that they actually could outlast them.
2: You're talking a lot about matchups and schemes and everything. How do you think Steve Nash has done in his second year as coach of the Nets?
1: It's, it hasn't been easy. I, I always make the joke that uh, this is not what Steve Nash signed up for. When he signed up, he thought he was gonna, it was going to be easy. They were going to dominate teams, all that. But, I mean, obviously a million hurdles in their way. We don't need to get into the details of vaccine stand, mandates and you know players wanting out and injuries and all that stuff. But, you know, I don't think Steve Nash was put on this team or hired by this team to be a tactician, to really get into the weeds and, you know, scheme up the master game plans. He's there to, you know, work with Durant and Kyrie to keep them happy and work to, you know, keep it simple. Because ultimately the plays are going to break down and you're going to give it to Durant and Kyrie and they're going to find the best shot and they're going to put in the hoop most most times. So, again, has Steve Nash done the best? And I think he's done better than other people can, given all the circumstances. Yes. Is he an elite coach? No. Reed, I hope you, that answered your question.
0: Yeah. Reed, <laughs> when you look at some of the other series, and PG and I have been talking about this all night tonight, And it seems like people are forgetting we, you know, the talk is the Celtics. They're the number two seed. We've talked about Milwaukee. Um, We've talked even a little bit about, you know, Brooklyn, if they could get on a roll, they could be a threat to win the Eastern conference. Nobody seems to be talking about Miami. Is there good value to be had in taking Miami to win the Eastern conference?
1: Strictly from a numbers perspective. Yes, I I do think so. Like I, I was talking with people on my team, you know, where's the best value. And it's, it's not with Brooklyn, Boston, or Milwaukee. And I can tell you, I think betting Brooklyn at these prices is ridiculous. There are better ways to bet Brooklyn than to like win the East right now. They're just There's no value. But those three teams are going to beat up on each other on the bottom side of the bracket, where Miami, sure, they, they might get Toronto or Philly in the second round. I'm imagining that they're going to get through the first round. But they have a much easier pass, much more um, – you know, if they get Philly in the second round, they handle the Philly, especially after they got Harden. They, Philly kind of rested Harden one night without them. They didn't show interest in trying to see how they stack up. So I definitely like Miami's chance to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So from a betting perspective, oh, yeah, I definitely. Because even if it's the, the Nets or Celtics or even Milwaukee, they're going to have to beat up on each other just to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I definitely see if we're just betting numbers, Miami is the play to come out of ease.
2: Yeah, makes sense. I would agree with that. Miami's path, definitely easier which which team though do you think is the team to beat in the East? Obviously, the Bucks are the defending champs. Most people feel they're the best team, but do you think that the Nets are the team to beat this year, or even Miami? Um, or do you still feel it's Milwaukee?
1: I, I think I wouldn't call the Nets the team to beat, but I still think that there's a path for the Nets to get out of the Eastern Conference and go on a run because the upside is still. Unknown. And maybe we won't find out this season, but you look at Boston. I told you, I think that the Nets match up pretty well with Boston actually to get out of that series. And then Milwaukee, I just think, you know, I know they squandered that nine point lead in the last three minutes when they played a few weeks ago. But what happens if the Nets get a few rebounds down the stretch and they do pull that out? They lost by one point in overtime. You know, are we talking about Milwaukee as a dominant team? I'm not going to say that there is a dominant team to be here. But I think that the, the gap between Brooklyn and Milwaukee is so slim that the potential of a Ben Simmons return or a few bounces go your way, I think that the Nets could easily get out of that series. I think it's a very, very close series to call. So I do think, though, it's Brooklyn or Milwaukee coming out of the East. I, I think Miami is still a tier below. I, I would go Brooklyn and Milwaukee and then a tier below, and then it's Boston and Miami.
0: Reed Wallach of BetSided, thank you for the information tonight. Enjoy the games. We appreciate it.
1: All right, thanks, guys.